my Lanta. Oh, my Lanta. Tanner Fuller Gibbler fans, Angela Bowen here, the host of Oh My Lambda? Holy Chalupas! An unofficial Full House, Fuller House podcast. Well, today I bring you the episode in honor of Elias Harger, who plays Max Fuller on Fuller House. His birthday, October 22nd. I'm covering Season 5, Episode 14 of Fuller House, Basic Training. In this episode, Max gets to skip a grade and starts middle school. Ramona trains to defend the reigning champ of a high-stakes sandwich-eating contest at Uncle Monty's. The DVD case here actually has something different. It says Max is bullied for being different. Wow, that is... Very short and straight to the point. Like, yeah, he does say, you know, kids laughed at him when he brought his briefcase to school. Alright, so this has got a 7.5 out of 10 rating based on 150 ratings. Let's see if we got any guest stars. We have Brad Grunberg, who is the reigning champion up until Ramona comes in. This guy's been in a bit of stuff. He, he's been in quite a bit. He he looks like a, one of those uh, character actors. We also have Matt Harmon, of course, coming back as Matt. And Noah Alexander Geary as Ethan, Ramona's boyfriend. He is so adorable. He's so cute. Oh, and guess who directed this episode? Miss DJ Tanner herself, Candace Cameron Bure. Writers Jeff Franklin. We got the writers. We got Amy Engelberg. We got Wendy Engelberg. I wonder if they're related. David A. Arnold. There's a lot of story editors. <laughs> story, story by, teleplay by, teleplay by. We got Nick Fasitelli and Will Griffin as story editors. All right, we got some trivia. During his heart-to-heart with DJ and Kimmy, Max confesses that his new classmates called him an extra on Young Sheldon. Oddly enough, the actor who plays Max, Elias Harger, has a younger brother, Isaac Harger. This boy, his younger brother, I swear, is, is Elias's doppelganger. You, you look at the two, it's like you're, you're twins. Also, there is an episode of Fuller House, Oh My Santa, in that flashback home video with DJ at the time, her husband is still alive, she's pregnant with baby Tommy, and you get to see Isaac Harger playing young Max. He doesn't have any lines, he's just there in in the video, but it's like, he is, uh, yeah, he did play 
Uh, and again, he, he doesn't have any lines. When I watched this clip on YouTube, he played on Young Sheldon, eight-year-old Leonard Hofstetter on an episode of Young Sheldon. It's the episode, A Swedish Science Thing and the e Equation for Toast. Yeah, the thing that's kind of funny about the show Young Sheldon is I got them around, you know, Black Friday when they're, like, super cheap, the, the DVDs. So I'm like, okay, yeah, we can start watching Young Sheldon. And we did. Jeremy and I did. And, you know, I go to Michigan, and he's, like, burned through the first season. I'm like, I'm not going to be able to catch up. But now he's on season two. I think he's halfway through season two. I'm like, okay. <laughs> he He's hooked on Young Sheldon. But, on Young Sheldon. He loves the show. And I, I think it's really, really good. The lady who plays the mom on Young Sheldon actually is Lori Metcalf's daughter. Lori Metcalf plays Sheldon's mother on The Big Bang Theory. I'm like, she sounds just like her and all that. Lori Metcalf, if you don't know, if you haven't seen Big Bang Theory, she plays Jackie on The Connors and all nine or ten seasons of Roseanne. And that's pretty much it. I mean, there there really isn't trivia. There's no goofs or anything like that. What is, what's a critic review? All right. So, of course, before I get into the episode, I want to let the Tanner newbies who are just now jumping on the Tanner Train podcast, want to let you know where you can find the podcast, where you can listen to the podcast, Right now, you can only really listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and the SoundCloud app, all the episodes. And the same thing goes with my other podcast, the Punky Power Podcast, the one, Looking Back on My Wonder Years Podcast. The only way to listen to all the episodes is to go to the SoundCloud app. Because for whatever reason, iTunes just, they only keep so many episodes. I don't know if that's how only based on how you're putting them up there, because I know that other podcasts that I listen to have all of their episodes, so I don't know. If there's a way to fix it where all the episodes can be available on iTunes, um, I'd like to do that, so. Also, on social media, the podcast does have its own Facebook page. Just type in Full House Podcast or Fuller House Podcast. The Oh My Lanta Holy Chalupas podcast page will pop up. That way you know what episode what episodes I'm going to be doing because I do not do them in order of air date. I do them based on themes, characters, all that fun stuff. Sadly, my back-to-school feature... <laughs> Which was going to be a series. There were going to be there was going to be two other episodes, but those got pushed back now until next year, and that will be another double feature. So Stephanie gets framed and Working Girl will be September of 2022. So this one, Nerd for a Day and Pinch for a Pinch, have already been released. That's my back to school double feature part. You know, for the first one. And then this episode, you know, I always do, for the main cast members, I do their birthday episodes. Hold on a second. 
In November, I'm going to be covering our very first night from Full House Season 1, and then in December I'll be covering Season 3's Misadventures in Babysitting. That's going to be a babysitting double feature for the year. And then in January, I'm going to be covering Jesse and the Girls, so that'll be covering Fogged In from Season 2, I believe, uh, the Devil Made Me Do It, that's from season five, six, uh, I think it's five, season five, and of course, season eight's We Got the Beat with Jesse and Stephanie, The Devil Made Me Do It, that is a Jesse and Michelle episode, and Fogged In is a Jesse and DJ episode. February, I know I'm just talking well into the future. February being it's Valentine's Day month, I'm going to be covering Dating Disasters with Lust in the Dust with Danny and Stephanie's dance teacher, the dating game where Joey goes out on a date or what he thinks is a date with his boss, even though she has no idea. And Stephanie goes out with a boy from her Little League team. And, of course, Triple Date, where the three guys go out with these three ladies. Turns out Danny's date used to date Jesse, and she still hung up on him. The girl that Joey would set up with, Zoe, hates his guts. <laughs> and, of course, Cheryl, <laughs> the dark-haired one, is like wants nothing to do with Jesse. Like, no, Diane's my best friend, so no, this is not going to happen. <laughs> so, yeah, look for that in February. I think just like last March, I know I'm going so far into 2022, right? <laughs> I think like last March with the breakup episodes, I think I'm going to do the almost breakup double feature with Breaking Up is Hard to Do in 22 Minutes with Jesse and Becky. And then the episode Designing Moms, where I guess Danny and Vicky kind of sort of break up. So, yeah. That'll be in March. And I know it sounds like I'm not doing a lot of, you know, instead of four, I'm doing like two or three. It just I'm also kind of trying to do, you know, wanting to do episodes of other shows that I also podcast. So... Yeah. There's still plenty of episodes for Full House. Oh, that's right. January is also Jody Sweeten's birthday, so of course we got to do an episode for her. I'm contemplating because December is Marla Sokoloff's birthday. She plays Gia. I normally don't do a side character's birthday, but I think since Is It True About Stephanie shows Stephanie and Gia at the very end. Spoiler alert, they become friends. I think I'm going to cover that one just for once for for uh, Marla's birthday in December. So, And as far as... Um, <laughs> Fox and Dash will mess it. I covered a Tommy tale last year, and there's that was the only Tommy-focused episode out there. So I'll just wish them both a happy birthday come December. Also, 
the podcast has a Instagram page, omhcf8. <laughs> Let me look it up. Oh my goodness. It's 10.47 in the a.m. right now, so... OMHC Full House Fuller House Pod. Okay, there we go. You could actually get an extra calendar and post it so that way I have, you know, what episodes I'm doing when. Or I do have, like, a dry erase board. I can put that. Put the episodes on that. I think maybe. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Um, I'm going to attempt to, since Jeremy got a Wi-Fi thing that hopefully should extend into that other room that was going to be where I'm podcasting. So hopefully that will give me enough juice to be able to podcast and upload in there. So that will be my podcasting room for the foreseeable future. Hopefully. (laughs) Also, if you'd like to reach out to the podcast and talk about your full house and fuller house memories, favorite characters, best worst storylines, least favorite, favorite characters. I want to hear about it. Send me an email at omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com and the the email address will be in the episode description on SoundCloud. Also, if you haven't yet and you like the podcast, you're enjoying it, and you want to find a way to support the podcast, I do not do Patreon. The only thing I ask is a minute of your time, second of your time, if you could jump on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and leave a review for the podcast. All five-star reviews do help the podcast get noticed by other Full House and Fuller House fans like yourselves. But, you know, you can leave, you know, whatever star review you want, to be honest. I just, you know, you can have fun with a review just even leave emojis and stuff. Other people have done that. It's so cool. I love it so much. So real... What in the heck was that? The joys of having a hamster again. <laughs> Let me just say that my hamster Liberty is different from my hamster Liesel. Same way that London, my rabbit, was different from my rabbit, Elfie. All rabbits, all animals are different than their predecessors. They've just got their own personalities. Uh, the funny thing about least Liberty... See, I have been doing that. Jeremy actually has only done it once that I know of. But I've... Like, at least five or six times since I've had Liberty for a month, accidentally called her Liesel. That's the problem when you name another animal <laughs> with the same her name as your last hamster. But anyway, she, I set up her cage and everything, got the hamster wheel all ready for her and all that. And she was running in it and whatnot. And then one night I'm like, here, let me dig around here and get this bedding out of the way so the wheel can move. And I'm like, why is it weird? And I look and... I wonder what she had been chewing on. She had chewed where the wheel is connected to, like, the the back part that holds the wheel up so it's connected. She chewed that part, severing the wheel from that. I'm like, okay, that's going in the trash. And I told Jeremy, I said, I've gotten a replacement wheel. I will only do this. This time, if it happens again, I guess she's just not going to have a wheel in her cage because I just don't know. 
I, I've never, like I said, I've never encountered that with Liesl. Also, Liberty has a freestanding water bottle that she is, she hasn't done it in the last couple days. But for a while, she was knocking it over. And I'm just like, was this thing not sturdy enough? And it seems to be, but she's just, you know, knocking it over. I'm like, I don't get it. Why are you doing this? Very strange. Very strange. <laughs> Quinn's doing good, by the way. She's sleeping in the bedroom. That's her, that's her go-to when she's not sleeping on the back of the couch. Every once in a while, she will pick a new spot to sleep on. Let's see. Also, Jeremy and I, Jeremy was gracious enough to take a day off. So we have an entire day to spend together, which honestly never happens anymore now. <laughs> We're going to go to the state Texas fair and you know, they didn't really have it. They had like a drive up thing last year. So we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. It's supposed to rain. So I'm going to go out and buy an umbrella. I guess it's supposed to rain today too. Cause the sky looks kind of grayish. But yeah, I'll go out and get an umbrella. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. We got our tickets, so we'll see how this uh, this is. Hopefully, there's. I I'm just like I hope there's some type of coverage. I don't want to be sitting at a bench that's all sopping wet with rainwater. Like this is our first time going. Couldn't it at least held off on the rain, right? Ay ay ay. But yeah, I was at my job. <laughs> um. It wasn't last night, it was the night before, and I was working, and all of a sudden, the lights go off. And instinct me, if I'm in a room and the lights go off, it's like, my instinct is to run, like, to the nearest exit. I felt that, <laughs> that flight instinct hit me, but, because I was starting to come out of my little area, and then all of a sudden the lights came back on, and I'm like, okay, okay. Because it was, it was thundering, it was storming and everything like that, and you could hear it on the roof. And, and I'm like, okay, get back. And then all of a sudden it, it, it came, it came off, went off, and it came back on. And then it came, and I'm like, make up your, and it did that like at least three or four times in the course of like 10 minutes. I'm like, okay, you got to make up your mind. So yeah, they closed the store for a bit and all this stuff. And I'm just, I'm freaking out. I'm freaking out. I'm like, oh my gosh. Because on my phone, it said tornado. It said like there was like a watch or not a warning or something like that. I don't know. I don't know. I was just like, uh, uh. But if something like that happens, like, I want to be at home with my husband. I don't want to be at my job when something like that happens. So, yeah, that's pretty much what's been going on here. Um, I am going to be doing a, I think, at the end of October, maybe November, I'll be covering the books I've read for the end of the year. Um, a lot of spooky stuff right now because it's October and I'm going to continue that into partially into November a little bit. We'll see. I got a couple of like pumpkin spice type books that are really cute that are, I think they're both middle grade or one's middle grade and one's YA. Uh, I think they're both middle grade maybe, but yeah, I'll do, I'll do that. Um, so that way, if you guys want some book recommendations and fun stuff like that to get you going, even though October's, you know, maybe I'll do it just before October ends 
you know, for the spooky stuff. That way you guys have some recommendations to get your spooky reads in before the end of the month. I think I'll do that. And then I've also been getting, like, holiday Christmassy type books. So that way I can jump on those as soon as Thanksgiving's over. I just, I don't know why there aren't books that are centered around Thanksgiving. I mean, we got, you got your spooky stuff. And then you got your holiday stuff. And then I think you probably, there are probably some Valentine's-ish type books that are around Valentine's Day. Why is there nothing really centered around Thanksgiving? I don't know. But, all right, without further ado, let's jump in to, let's jump in to Fuller House Season 5, Episode 14, Basic Training. All right, so we come out of the opening, and DJ is on the phone. I don't know who she's talking to, but apparently she's telling everybody because Stephanie comes up from her basement bedroom, and Kimmy, of course, who's sitting at the kitchen table with her bowl of cereal and her coffee mug with a K on it, they're mimicking DJ <laughs> word for word because... DJ is on the phone. Max's teacher, even though the school year has already begun, Max's teacher says that she wants Max to skip a grade because Max is so advanced that fifth grade is a waste of his time. As you see, Stephanie and Gammy <laughs> mocking DJ, impersonating DJ behind her. It's just funny. And Stephanie says to Kimmy, like, well, hasn't she run out of people to brag to? Who is DJ bragging to? I mean, I bet anything she's got to be bragging. Unless she already has been bragging to Taylor's dad, who... Taylor, I don't really believe that he and Max are friends in any way. They're more... I guess if you want to even call them frenemies, where it seems like they're competing... A lot of the time. I mean, we, excuse me, we've only seen Taylor, what, maybe two or three times during the course of the show, and it's like he's always trying to show up, Max. And then it seems like when we meet Taylor's dad, Taylor's dad is hitting on DJ, which is really weird. Like, what? We really don't need this. We definitely didn't need... Jackson's friend, I can't even remember his name. He's the um the redheaded kid. I cannot remember that kid's name, but he was just he's weird. He's hitting that that 13-year-old is hitting on DJ and he's just uncomfortable and weird and not needed. But anyway, getting back to I want to know who she's bragging to. So yeah, I mean DJ, of course, she's very proud. Max gets to skip fifth grade and go straight to middle school and has she even asked max how he really feels about that if you know this is something that he's looking forward to or i don't know i would say i mean max likes being at the top of the kid chain in school and all of that stuff yeah dj's talking to dr rubenstein who is a dentist she's like oh yeah i'll let you finish that root canal Really? You, you're you bothering this dentist at work? I mean, is he your dentist? Is he Max's dentist? Why? I mean, I'm sure the guy is probably just like, I'm on the clock. I got 
patience up the wazoo today. I do not have time. You know, make an appointment and come in and tell me about it. But I got stuff to do. Bye. And DJ gets off the phone. She <laughs> looks at Stephanie and Kim. You're like, what? Can't a mother be proud? And Stephanie says, well, yeah, there's proud and there's, well, whatever you're doing. <laughs> and Stephanie says, you know, Max seems excited to be able to hang out with the older kids. You know, when I was his age, the only older kids I had to hang out with were you two. <laughs> you know, DJ and Kimmy. And Stephanie adds, luckily you were both very immature. And, of course, DJ says, that's so not true. <laughs> I, I swear for a split second, I, I this felt like DJ from Full House, like, <laughs> being brought back. Just in, in uh, DJ's face. Like, it's like, oh, there's the old DJ. Grab with Kimmy! She, <laughs> she's so proud of her accomplishment. She shows Stephanie, hey, look, I spelled booger with my alphabet. You know the alphabet cereal? <laughs> they actually get to see the word booger spelled out. We get a shot of the bowl with the milk with the cereal letters booger. Like, oh, my goodness. Just in case you didn't believe it. There's the evidence right there. And apparently Kimmy's the only one that finds it amusing. Like, Stephanie's looking at her like, are we done? Uh, great, Kimmy. <laughs> DJ says, well, Max was born a 40-year-old. And Kimmy says, try 80. <laughs> As Kimmy says, the other day he told me, enjoy these days. They'll pass quickly. Like, but like an old man voice. And then Max gave Kimmy a dollar. <laughs> so I said to his teacher, Mrs. Garner, you want to move Max up a grade? But the school year's already started. And she said, Max is so advanced, fifth grade is a waste of his time. <laughs> Hasn't she run out of people to brag to that Max is skipping a grade and starting middle school? Yeah, oh. Okay, Dr. Rubenstein, I'll let you finish that root canal. <laughs> <laughs> Kimmy's like, are you serious? Can't mom be proud? Well, there's proud, and then there's whatever you're doing. Exactly. But Max does seem pretty excited to hang out with the older kids. When I was his age, the only older kids I had to hang out with were you two. <laughs> Luckily, you were very immature. <laughs> that is so not true. <laughs> yeah, right. I spelled booger with my alphabet. <laughs> we get to see it. Well, well, Max was born a 40-year-old. Try 80. The other day he told me to enjoy these days. They pass so quickly. Then he gave me a dollar. <laughs> so DJ looks up to the stairs, you know, since they're in the kitchen. He's like, hey. What are you guys doing up on time? And Jackson, because Jackson and Ramona are coming down dressed for school. And Jackson says, trust me, I didn't want to be, but Max was up at dawn exfoliating. Well, he wants to look good for his first day in middle school. Ugh. I don't necessarily remember the first day as far as in the school of sixth grade, but I do remember the bus ride to school. And let me just say, it did not exactly kick off 
my middle school day. I remember because I was just listening to my, you know, tape player. I wa- It wasn't a Walkman. It was like a RCA. Uh, anyway, and, and and the thing is, if I sing, it's like you can barely hear me. And apparently, someone heard me because when I get off the bu- got off the bus, she's like, "Oh, don't sing." I'm thinking now. I'm like, I was barely singing at all to the point where you could barely hear me unless your head was pressed right near my mouth. So, and I just I remember getting off the bus like. Great, this is a great start to my my uh, middle school year. Ugh. I remember telling my grandma that after um, one, you know, I went to the farm and she asked me how, you know, my first day went and everything, and I told her what happened, and she's like, oh, the other girl was probably jealous. I'm like, yeah, sure, grandma. I'm sure she was not. And then, <laughs> to top it off, he came into Ramona's room to borrow her moisturizer and kept calling it drugstore, drugstore trash. Come on, Max, if you're going to borrow something with, from somebody, don't start, like, knocking their joints of products. I'd be like, okay, well, then you're not borrowing my moisturizer. So, here comes Max, dressed in a three-piece suit with a... This bow tie, this St. Paddy's Day green with white through it gives it, you know, it's a basically green, white-ish plaid bow tie. He comes in and says, good morning, aunt, brother, mother, and gibblers. <laughs> but yeah, he's coming, he's coming through in a three-piece suit like he's ready to go to a business dinner. Or a business meeting or something. I'm like, buddy, you are going to junior high. Those kids are going to literally eat you alive. Figuratively eat you alive. He is going to get laughed out of that school. He's not going to DiMaggio, is he? Because we all know how well that went for Stephanie. We don't even get to... I would have honestly loved to see his experience at school. Going there in what he's wearing just to see. Because we, ne- we all the times we've gotten Jackson or Ramona in school, we've never seen Max in school. And that play recital does not count because it's just him on a stage. You don't see the audience. You don't see really the other kids or nothing. And the only other school functioned activity was in their backyard when he did that science experiment. Or, no, it wasn't that. It was, uh, yeah, also the Rube Goldberg machine thingy from Wake Up San Francisco. He did that too. I'm like, I would have loved in the five seasons we got to see Max in school. Yeah, he went with a three-piece suit. Gosh, now I got that song, The Devil Danced in Empty Pockets, in my head now. Because I know that lyric's something about a three-piece suit. Oh, here it is. Yeah, I'd raise some loot in a three-piece suit, give him one dance for a dime. If the devil danced in empty pockets, he'd have a ball in mind. So I'm looking at the beginning of these lyrics, and I'm just, because I remember the song growing up as a kid. I listened to a lot of, you know, country music in the 90s, and, like, a lot, a lot. That was basically all that was on the radio for me. On occasion, my sister would play, um, like, Casey Kasem's Countdown on 
you know, on our way home from church. But anyway, I just, as soon as she said three-piece suit, I'm like, oh, that, that song clicked right into my head. And, yeah, did I forget to mention that he also has his briefcase? So, Max says, well, I'm in a new school, new kids. You know, you never get a second chance to make a first impression. Yeah, but is this really the impression you want to make? I mean, this is okay for home and stuff, but I, I get it. Definitely, you want to dress to your own uniqueness and stuff like that. And it sucks that, you know, the world or your peers are going to judge you however however you dress. You, I mean, but then again, we should just look at it as like, you dress how you want to dress, how you feel comfortable, yes. But sadly, we have to prepare for backlash from those of us that don't agree with our style. So, of course, we get, I'm just calling him Dumb Jackson, you know, he's always throwing out these jokes. And, of course, because when Max means first impression, it means to, you know, give off of himself who he is to, you know, showing who he is to other people. But Jackson, of course, <laughs> oh, yeah, and the, <laughs> the way I have it, possibly ever wanted just rolling her eyes. This Jackson says, yeah, my first middle school impression was Barack, Barack Obama. <laughs> oh, God. That's not the kind of impression he meant, Jackson. Ramona says, good luck beating that. <laughs> Here comes cutie patootie Ethan, Ramona's boyfriend. He's so cute. He's so cute. He's so adorable. He comes in the back door. He's like, wow, the back door is always open, too. Interesting. So, is Ethan, like, a year older than Jackson and Ramona? Because he's, maybe he's not. Because he's driving Ramona and Jackson to school, which, cool. Oh, my heart. Oh, Ethan. Jackson, why can't you be this romantic with <laughs> whatever love? Rocky. I mean, uh, but then again, Jackson, it's just, he comes off as desperate and he tries too hard. That's his... That's his issue with the ladies, with Lola, with Ro Rocky can keep Jackson in line and makes him, you know, accountable for his actions, which is good. But Ethan says, uh, I couldn't wait to see you. I'm like, ah! ah! I love it. I love it. I love it. The audience and Ramona just go, ah! Ah! Isn't that cute, Quinny? Right? It's cute, right? She's sleeping in the doorway. <laughs> She's like, what are you talking about? And Ethan kisses Ramona on the cheek. And Jackson's all like, ew, guys, come on. It's way too early in the morning for that. It's a cheek kiss. It's not an open mouth kiss. Chillax, Jackson. So Jackson kind of ushers him out. I'm like, let's go, let's go, let's go. Hey, what are you guys doing up on time? Trust me, I didn't want to be. Max was up at dawn exfoliating. Yeah, and then he came into my room to borrow my moisturizer and kept calling it drugstore trash. <laughs> Good morning, aunt, brother, mother, and gibblers. Said in no particular order or bias. Ah, you went with the three-piece suit. I'm in a new school with new kids. Never get a second chance to make a first impression. My first impression in middle school was... Barack Obama. Oh, good grief, Jackson. Good luck beating that. 
open too? Hey, Ethan, thanks for driving us to school today. I couldn't wait to see you. Aww. Ew, guys, come on, it's way too early in the morning for me. Oh, whatever. Whatever, Jackson. All right, we're heading over to Uncle Monty's. And we got Stephanie hanging out with Fernando. And Steve is there. He's like, well, you're probably wondering why I called you here. And Fernando says, no, I am not. And Stephanie says, well, I just came for the free sandwich. <laughs> Heck yeah! Did she get the family discount for free sandwich? <laughs> oh, I bet Uncle Monty says the best sandwiches. Didn't I look that up way back when, when I was doing, like, the season five, episode one, or season five, episode ten? One of them, I swear. I looked up, sorry, I'm yawning, I don't know why I am, it's 12.31 in the afternoon, no, I'm yawning because I didn't get any sleep last night again, and it just, I don't understand why, it's not like Jeremy snored a lot, that is his thing, he's got the breathe right strips that I get for him, but then he sleeps on his back and he's still snoring, and I'm just... Because I get out of my job, I come home, I'm like, okay, I'm going to read in the tub, which is what I love to do. That's how I unwind and soothe my aching body. And, but, yeah, and then I just, you know, by that time it's after midnight and I'm looking at my phone. It's just, uh, such a, I mean, if any of you out there have ever struggled with trying to get to sleep after coming home from a job at, like, 11.30 at night, which it's hard to wind down at the end of the night, when, especially when you have a spouse who has to get up at, like, early in the in the morning to go to the job, and it's like, well, I don't want to wake you up and all that, but yeah. Anyway, moving back to the episode. So, yeah, this business venture here with Fernando, Steve, and Jimmy with Uncle Monty's, because I guess Uncle Monty's was going to close, but they took it, decided to buy it and, and run it. So Steve says, we have a problem, and Fernando gets up and says, oh no, are there possums in the kitchen again? Ew! Possums in the kitchen! Those things are creepy. And Steve is just like, Fernando, sure, sure. Like, we have customers here. We don't need to spread the word about the possums. And, of course, as Stephanie is eating her sandwich, she's just got this, ugh, there were possums in the kitchen. <laughs> and Fernando just puts a finger to Stephanie's lips like, shh. And he sits back down and says, Steve is talking. So, Steve reminds them, every year Uncle Monty's holds a sandwich eating contest where we compete against a customer for free sandwiches. So, looks like, I guess they are looking for an employee or someone to go up against some customers. And Fernando says, well, I am co-owner of the Sandwich Emporium, and I have never heard of this contest. And apparently... Steve is a blogger. He says, wow, you guys really need to read my deli slash podiatry blog, Meat and Feet. I don't think those two go together. <laughs> I don't think they go together. Stacey just pushes her sandwich in the little basket away. You know what? I'm done. I have no appetite now. So Steve goes on to say how Uncle Monty's for years was unbeatable at this contest. 
until a customer came along even bigger than Uncle Monty himself. And Fernando just can't believe it. He's like, who can match the sandwich capacity of Uncle Monty? Berkowitz. As we see this heavyset guy stuffing... Steve's holding a picture, probably from the champion from the previous year's sandwich eating contest. Or maybe it's another food eating contest. Stephanie and Fernando stand up just hand to the chest like <gasps> totally shocked and Steve says now that we own the store one of us has to take him on yes their goal is to take him on to try to reclaim the coveted golden submarine trophy and Stephanie says he's even eating a sandwich in the picture and Steve says we couldn't find us we couldn't find one where he wasn't like this guy is always eating sandwiches makes me think of that show I don't know if it's still on anymore it's called Man vs. Food where this guy would go around to restaurants and he would just eat these unbelievable portions of food but I really like Diners Drive-Ins and Dives I really like that show it makes me want to go visit these places you're probably wondering why I called you here no I am not <laughs> you called us here? I just came for a free sandwich. <laughs> we have a problem. Oh no. Are there possums in the kitchen again? <laughs> there were possums in the kitchen? Shh. Steve is talking. Okay, so you know how every year Uncle Monty's holds a sandwich eating contest where we compete against a customer for free sandwiches? I am co-owner of the Sandwich Emporium, and I have never heard of this contest. Wow. You guys really need to read my deli-slash-podiatry blog, Meat and Feet. Ew! Well, yeah, I agree. We're stuffing hungry. Uncle Monty was unbeatable <laughs> until a customer came along with an appetite even bigger than Uncle Monty himself. Who could match the legendary sandwich capacity of Uncle Monty? Berkowitz. <gasps> now that we own the store, one of us has to take him on to try to reclaim the coveted golden submarine trophy. He's even eating a sandwich in the picture. We couldn't <laughs> find one where he wasn't. <laughs> so, back at home in the afternoon, DJ is not paying attention to who wa who's walking in the door. She thinks it's Max. Oh, how was your first day, honey? And Gabby walks in, and DJ turns around and says, Oh, you're not Max. And she's holding a plate of... Are those, um, biscottis? Then Kimmy just walks in and takes the plate from DJ and says, Well, I'm not Max, but I do like a stale cookie. I was right, they're biscottis! As DJ says, they're not stale, they're biscotti. Kimmy says, which is Italian for stale cookies. Yeah, I've tried a biscotti before. I think it's like the just the purpose of those things is just to dip them in coffee so they soften up. Otherwise, they just, they do taste kind of, I don't know, stalish, offish. I don't know how you would say it. And DJ's like, eh, 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 those are for Max and me for his first official school download. Oh, okay. 
DJ says, we snack, we chat, I call it snack chat, and a banner, again with a banner, oh my gosh, these banners. She presses, DJ presses a button on a little remote, and boom, here's another banner, boom, pops right open. It says snack chat, it's a kind of a buttery yellow sign, like rimmed in red with some red cups, little coffee cup mugs with little white hearts on them with little lines going above the top of the cup. Just, you know, show that whatever's inside the mug is steaming. Yeah, I'd like to know that too, as Kimmy asks, what's your yearly banner budget? DJ says, you don't want to know. I can imagine, like, making banners, I bet anything, that is expensive. Oh, Max looks like he has had a rough day at the office. As he comes in, he's got his suit jacket off, his little button-down vest is unbuttoned, no bow tie. He just looks really rough. He had a miserable first day. Like, do not even ask me about it. I'm going straight upstairs. And, yeah, DJ's like, oh, here he is. It's time for Snapchat. How was your day? And Max just walks right past her. Fine. Like, definitely not fine. This is not, like, happy, sarcastic Max. He looks like, I wouldn't be surprised if he had been crying on the bus ride home. And he is trying to hold it in until he gets upstairs. And he can't even get upstairs because DJ's like, whoa, whoa, where are you going? I got Earl Grey. I got Biscotti. He's got his briefcase, but what is that, like, some metal case type? It doesn't even really look like a lunchbox. It looks like a, I don't know what you would call it. Maybe it's a fancy pants lunchbox. I don't know. Like the, the, the millionaires and the billionaires use. I don't know. TJ said, oh, and I even printed out pictures of your teachers. Why? That's weird. Is that a thing? Do they normally do that? Oh, yeah, she printed out these pictures of all his teachers so they could play who teaches what. <laughs> and she's like, skinny mustache, skinny tie, gotta be biology, right? Oh, God. Max just kind of brushes her off like, whatever, I got homework, I gotta go. And he heads upstairs, and DJ sits down and is like, that was weird, right? And Kimmy says, yeah, I know. I've never seen him with his shirt untucked. Yeah, I mean, he walked in the door, and he looked very disheveled. So unmax-like. Kimmy says, even as a baby, his onesie was tucked into his diaper. And DJ says, I know what just happened. Jackson went through the same thing. Did he? DJ says, we just witnessed typical middle school boy behavior. I think there's more to it than that. I don't think that's it. I mean, first of all, DJ, you know that both your sons are very different. As far, not just academically different, but they're just different in personality. It's like, no, this runs deeper for Matt. Something happened. Kevin <laughs> goes, bruh. Like, I don't know. Where did that term come from? Was it a Californian term? I don't know. What is your term? Kimmy's trying to put on a teenage boy accent. Like, that was low-key cringe. 
Game over. And she reaches for him to Scotty. Oh, Kimmy. Alright, she is wearing a white beret that's got, it, it looks like it's got an egg yolk on the top. But then again, we've seen Kimmy with her bacon and egg scarf and everything. So, of course, you would have a fried egg beret. Yeet. She picks up that biscotti. I've never had Earl Grey tea. I um I like Gold Peak unsweetened tea, but I mean I know Earl Grey of course you know with the tea bags and all that stuff. I'm like, I don't know. What does Earl Grey taste like? What is I'm gonna look that up. So according to this, Earl Grey tea is a tea blend which has been flavored with the addition of oil of bergamot. B e r G A M O T. I don't know how do you. The Rhine's fragrant oils added the black tea to give Earl Grey its unique taste. Traditionally, Earl Grey was made from the black teas such as China Kimon and therefore intended to be drunk without milk. However, tea companies have since begun to offer Earl Grey based upon stronger teas such as. I can't pronounce this word to save my life, C-E-Y-L-O-N-S, which are better suited to the addition of milk or cream. Interesting. So basically, it's most widely defined as black tea that has not been flavored with the oil of bergamot. Uh-huh. Interesting. I think I'll pass. It just kind of makes me think, I was just picturing Beauty and the Beast with that Be Our Guest song, and you know, like, the little food sampling tray that comes along to Belle, and how Lumiere says, try the gray stuff, it's delicious. But in this case, it's not with the Earl Grey tea. I mean, to each their own. If you love it, that's awesome. That's great. But, I, and the thing is, I haven't tried it, so I guess I'm not really giving it a fair shake. So... But I do like a stale cookie. Mm. <laughs> I'm not stale, they're biscotti, which is Italian for stale cookies. <laughs> Hands off, those are for Matt's and me and our annual first day of school download. We chat, we snack, I call it Snapchat. <laughs> What's your yearly banner budget? <laughs> you don't want to know. <laughs> so we could play who teaches what. Skinny mustache, skinny tie, gotta be biology, right? Whatever. Got homework. That was weird, right? I know. I've never seen him with his shirt untucked. Even as a baby, his onesie was tucked into his diaper. I know what just happened. Jackson went through the same thing. We just witnessed typical middle school boy behavior. Bruh. That was low-key cringe. Game over. Yeet. All right, so it's later in the evening. The kitchen is filled with people around the kitchen table. We got Kimmy and Fernando at one end. We got... 
Ramon at the other end of the table. We got in the middle, we got Jackson and Matt. And Stephanie is there and Steve is officiating. He says, tonight at the eat-off, whoever wins will have the honor to represent Uncle Monty's. Steve, you can stop now. Because he starts going on like, oh, at the beginning of time, great moments have been born of great opportunity. Stop. Just stop. Great opportunity. Okay, okay. Can Stephanie's like, okay, okay. Can it there, Mighty Ducks. <laughs> okay, so Jimmy's clearly out of town then because otherwise what he would be representing. And Stephanie immediately puts all her ducks on Jackson, as far as all her ducks in a row, like, clearly, obviously, the winner will be Jackson. Apparently, he ate a ton of coleslaw for his birthday. Ew! I mean, coleslaw's okay. I mean, I used to work at a KFC, and I made the coleslaw, so very, very cold. Let me just tell you that. Especially when you add in that dressing and the stuff's all been in the freezer and then you have to mix everything together. It's like, my hands are freezing. I can't feel my fingertips. They're turning blue. Yeah, like that. Jackson is like, well, I didn't know it was for everyone. Really? <laughs> Kimmy, now, Kimmy, Stephanie says, Jackson, it was in a serving bowl with a giant spoon. Fernando says, you know, Stephanie does have a point. I mean, who eats more than a teenage boy? And Matt says, how about a 40-year-old man who just crushes Zumba class? Well, I'm sure, yeah, you definitely would have worked up an appetite. Everyone's got at least six, like, three-inch subs on their plate. Of course, here comes Steve. Excuse me, I'm famous for eating sandwiches. This is Steve. Remember Mr. Wrestling Guy from Full House? Remember in the opening credits of season six and how he was just, uh, <laughs> the he was pulling out food out of the fridge, out of the Tanner fridge. That was his opening credit in the Full House credits in season six. He, he <laughs> loved this throwback. Steve says, for two decades, it's literally all you knew about me. Well, and that you were a wrestler and you dated DJ. We didn't know anything else about Steve. There's Ramona sitting at the end of the table and no one has yet mentioned about her. She's like, wait, 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 what about me? Jackson says, what about you? Yeah, she says, uh, I have just as much of just as much of a chance to win as any of you because well they're all guys well except for kimmy kimmy's there on the end too it's like hello just so she's a girl doesn't mean she doesn't have a chance to chomp down on the competition <laughs> and jackson just says <laughs> cute whatever coleslaw boy and stephanie says all right we're gonna settle this the old-fashioned way speed eating hoagies he sets her timer, I don't know for how long, maybe a minute, maybe three minutes. <laughs> All right, ready, set, go. And everyone just starts jumping into these hoagies. We could even call them baby hoagies because they're only three inches long. Tonight, the winner of the family eat-off <laughs> will have the honor to represent Uncle Monty's. 
From the beginning of time, great moments have been born of great opportunities. Okay, okay, can it there, Mighty Ducks. <laughs> now, with Jimmy out of town, it is obvious that the winner will be Jackson. You guys remember how much coleslaw he ate for his birthday? Well, I didn't know it was for everyone. Jackson, it was in a serving bowl with a giant spoon. <laughs> hey, Tiffany, that's how a point. Who eats more than a teenage boy? How about a 40-year-old man who just crushed his Zumba class? <laughs> Excuse me. I'm famous for eating sandwiches. For two decades, it's literally all you knew about me. Pretty much. And that you were a wrestler. Hey, what about me? What about you? Uh, I had just as much of a chance to win as any of you. <coughs> Cute. Now, we're going to settle this the old-fashioned way. By speeding the <coughs> hoagies. Okay. Ready? Set? Go. <laughs> Five, four, three, two. Sandwiches down. Oh, God. All that bread. Oh, that's going to make you nip it. Ugh. They look like they're all about ready to vomit. All of them look like they're ready to up chuck chunks. Oh, Ramona, you go, girl! That was a nice warm-up. <laughs> In your face, guy! Did you just eat six sandwiches? Seven, actually. And a few pickles, just to show off. <laughs> Let this be a lesson to you all. Yes. Well. Looks like the new Uncle Monty is Ramona Beatrice Gibbler. <laughs> Make way for this notorious RBG. <laughs> Bam! You gonna finish that? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, everyone, as soon as Steph counts down from five, we go around the table starting with Kimmy Fernando. Matt, Steve, and Jackson, they all look like they're red. I mean, that is so much bread. You know how they say it? What What do they say at Olive Garden? Don't fill up on bread or something or free uh, soup and breadsticks or whatever? It's like, yeah, because bread is a filler. That's just how it is. But bam, Ramona, she rocked it. She chopped down. She, oh. Did amazing! Which, are we really surprised? Come on. Ramona. You know, Kimmy looked to eat too. Kind of, I guess. I mean, yeah, I know that Steve is mainly, you know, for Full House, is mainly known for wrestling and eating. And having, like, a, an empty pit of a stomach or something like that. <laughs> and they're like, did you really just eat six sandwiches? And she's like, seven. And I ate some pickles just to show off. And then she takes, like, some remainder from Jackson's plate. Like, oh, you gonna finish that? Pops it in your mouth. <laughs> ah, like, okay, that was a warm-up. <laughs> and, of course, Ramona. We learned her middle name, Beatrice. Ramona Beatrice Gibbler. RBG. Isn't like a play on Ruth Bader Gin? Is it? How do you see her? Let me look her up. Ginsburg, right? I got the movie. I haven't watched it yet, though. Ruth, how do you say Bader? Bader Ginsburg. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. 
All right, looks like it's the next morning, and DJ is packing the kids' lunches. She's like, all right, here, there's your lunch. And Jackson's like, no, thank you. After last night, I can't even look at another sandwich. I'm surprised he doesn't put a hand with my and just, like, run out the back door to puke in the bushes in the backyard. DJ asks, oh, you still, still stuffed? And Jackson's like, no, a sandwich re- represents all my failures. Okay, Jackson, you are playing it a little too much there. I, but the thing I love, and so far I haven't had any real contenders. This could even be a runner-up for a good best outfit. We'll see. We'll see. But Jackson is wearing a zip-up. I don't know how you want to, maybe cerulean blue? I'm not sure. Like, zip-up hoodie. But he's also wearing this... Same color bluish shirt underneath that's got these cool, like, reddish, like, circular line design thing going on. And it's just, I like it. I mean, blue is my second favorite color under red. So, but I I think it looks good. So, if I don't see any other contenders, I mean, yes, Max do look nice in a suit. And I like Kimmy's Friday beret. But so far, Jackson is the contender. I don't know if I've ever, in covering episodes of Fuller House, if I've ever awarded Jackson the best outfit of the episode award. We'll see. We'll see. It just, we got to see what other contenders come up. And of course, Stephanie has to laugh at this. <laughs> That's funny. Your mother represents all of mine. Okay, here comes Max, and he is a different boy. He is wearing a lavender... Would you call it more lavenderish lilac t-shirt, backwards black hat. The shirt he's wearing also has a black pocket on it. He's wearing shorts and also just, are those like Converse high top or tennis shoes or something? I don't know. Or what do they call those things? I'm trying to think. There's a Converse, right? The ones with the star on the side. And he's got a backpack slung over one shoulder. He's like, "What up, what's up, dudes? <laughs> See, he looks, Max finally looks like a regular kid. See, he ended up being always buttoned up with his bow ties and his sweater vests. Looks like a run-of-the-mill normal teenager. Well, normal, excuse me, why did that word come out of my mouth? Average teenager. And DJ is surprised, like, everyone's like, DJ says, dudes, did that come out of you? And Stephanie even asks, like, is it dress-up day at school? Because if so, you are nailing basic American, bro. Oh, he's wearing a backwards hat that says Harmon Fuller Concierge Service. American, bro. And DJ comes out from behind the kitchen counter and it's like, no khakis, no vests. Ha ha ha, very funny, Max. Go upstairs and change. You're going to be late for school. So she, of course, does not understand this change. And no one really gets it until Max finally reveals it at the end about what actually happened on his first day. I I love Max's chill-ass attitude. He's like, it's all good. I'm rocking this today, baby. (laughs) Like, Say baby. <laughs> Did that just come out of his mouth? Oh. <laughs> she asks, Did you just call me baby? 
Max takes a bite of bacon and he's like, sure did, shorty. <laughs> I like this version of Max. I don't know why, but I just, it just feels like a breath of fresh air. I mean, I love button-up sweater vest bow tie Max, but I love this version of Max a lot. Just because he's, he's got no cares. He's got no worries. He's just. Flying free, chillaxing, uh, Maxi. <laughs> oh my gosh! Max Goof! <laughs> from, a goofy, from a goofy movie. <clears throat> With the backwards, I'm surprised that Max didn't throw on a pair of shades. He would so be Max Goof. DJ has, Max, did something happen at school yesterday? Oh, his hat says Harmon Fuller Concierge Pet Care. And Max says, whoa, fall back, Mom. Says, I'm in middle school now. I retired my vests and ties. I'm not a child anymore. TJ says, you know, well, you look like someone I know. I just, I can't put my finger on it. Oh, my God! Ma Matt is, pops in the door, looks just like Matt's. I take it this is where Max got his um, attire inspiration. He is dressed literally just like Matt. Same color shirt, backwards hat, shorts and shoes. So I guess this is what DJ meant by, oh, you look just like somebody I used to. Mm. And Stephanie just looks at Matt and she's just like, whoa. So is this where Max is getting the lingo from Matt? <laughs> Stubby says, they're bro twins. <laughs> and Matt says, bro, love the threads. And Max goes over, does a little side high five thing with a fist bump, like, dude. Gosh, anyone, anyone of you out there ever watch the movie Three Ninjas? I definitely, I swear I want to cover that on the podcast. Um, probably the looking back at my Wonder Years podcast at some point, at some point, maybe during the summer, I don't know, whatever, whatever, I know summer's over, but there's a lot of that surfer dog, like, dude, bro, so, they both, like, growl at each other as Max, like, exits out the house to go to school, so, Matt goes over to DJ's, like, hey, ready to head off to the shelter for a little volunteer work? DJ says, uh, one second, she goes back over to Max. Like, he is not going to let you know what went on. That is not, we're not, it's not time for that yet. Yeah, she goes over to Max and Max, are you sure you're okay? And he's like, I'm great, but do you mind running to the mall and grabbing me some sweatpants? And DJ is just surprised. She says, but you always say sweatpants are a cry for help. And Max says, that was the old Max, later skater, and he does the little uh, finger gun thing and the click of the dog, like, <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but I, I'm, I'm digging this Max. I, li I like this version of Max, at least for this episode. And Matt, who's chomping on bacon, is like, I like that kid. <laughs> DJ just like, like go, go wait in the car. Matt just walking with his head lowered like like a dejected kid being punished. I told him to go wait in the car. <laughs> and then he does the little finger gun sound too. <laughs> no thanks. After last night, I can't look at another sandwich. Still stuffed? 
No. A sandwich represents all my failures. <laughs> That's funny. Your mother represents all of mine. <laughs> What's up, dudes? Dudes? Did that come out of you? Is it dress-up day at school? Because if so, you are nailing basic American bro. <laughs> No vest, ha ha ha. Very funny, Max. Go upstairs and change. You're gonna be late for school. It's all good. I'm rocking this today, baby. <laughs> did you just call me baby? Sure did, Shotty. <laughs> Max, did something happen at school yesterday? Whoa, fall back, Mom. <laughs> I'm in middle school now. I retired my vest and ties. I'm not a child anymore. <laughs> Well, you look like someone I know. I just can't put my finger on it. <laughs> Whoa. They're bro twins. Bro twins. My man. Love the threats. Dude. <laughs> Ready to head off to the shelter for a little volunteer work? Uh, one second. living room and Kimmy and Fernando sit Ramona down and they say Kimmy says Ramona it's time we tell you the truth and Ramona is she's got the she's worried like is something wrong and Fernando just says yes he smiles nervously Fernando tells her you have more of our genes than is considered safe what and Kimmy explains to Ramona the amount of sandwiches you ate last night is not an anomaly. Fernando tells her, you come from a long line of competitive eaters on both sides. And Ramona says, well, if I have the superpower, then I want to use it for the greater good. And Ramona gets up and walks away from the couch and says, and winning this eating contest is going to be the perfect opportunity. Show the world that women can do anything. Yeah, good for you, Ramona. And Ramona adds, even beat a guy like Berkowitz. And why is this sounding like Star Wars? The way that Kimmy's like, but you must nurture and hone this gift. And Fernando says, and believe. Both Kimmy and Fernando are making fists. You have this power inside you. Use it wisely. Ramona puts up both her fists. I do believe. Ramona says, now. Make me a champion. We got the, the Rocky score or theme as Ramona is doing sit-ups and taking a bite of a sandwich that Kimmy is holding out. Ramona, darling, sit down. <coughs> it's time we told you the truth. Is something wrong? Yes. <laughs> you have more of our genes that is considered safe. 
The amount of sandwiches you ate last night is not an anomaly. You come from a long line of competitive eaters on both sides. Okay, well, if I have this superpower, then I want to use it for the greater good. And winning this eating contest is going to be the perfect opportunity to show the world that women can do anything, even beat a guy like Berkowitz. But you must nurture and hone this gift. And believe. I do believe. Now, make me a champion. Punching Berkowitz's face. <clears throat> what is that lettuce that she's eating and running down the steps? Oh my gosh, with the sandwiches. <laughs> yeah, so they're basically training Ramona, and she was doing like 50 to 60 push-ups, or not push-ups, sit-ups, and then Kimmy's like right above Ramona's knees, like has the sandwich out for Ramona to take a bite when she sits up. And then she's also like punching a punching bag with Berkowitz's picture on it. Then she's running up and down the stairs, holding two three-inch subs. And then she takes a bite of this leafy lettuce stalk thing that Kimmy is holding in each hand, and then she runs back up the stairs. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Alright, so now we are at Uncle Monty's. We got Berkowitz on one side, we got Ramona's little placard on the other side for where she's gonna sit. What are Max and Matt doing? They're doing that little slap, slide, hand, like, hand slap, slide thingy majiggy like is it where like you go someone tries to like slap your palms and you like move your hands away really fast or something and then you try to do it to them like something like that steve is amazed at this turnout for this uncle monty sandwich eating contest but i mean if they've held it every year then uh, i'm not surprised that there's a turnout and steve asks like where's max because apparently steve has not seen max in his new attire and Kimmy's like, well, he's right there. And, of course, Max ends up getting Matt on the whole slide slap whatever thing. <laughs> and Max is like, booyah! And apparently he hit Matt pretty hard because Matt's like, ow! Steve is like, that's Max? He's wearing cargo shorts. And Steve says, I've never seen his knees before. And apparently this morning, Max told DJ that he dropped a bait to take wood shop. And Kimmy says, and then he told me a fart joke. <laughs> Steve's like, why is that so funny? <laughs> Steve, apparently he's familiar with fart jokes. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> and of course, Steve puts on a serious face like, I mean, how is DJ handling all of this? I don't think DJ knows what to do with Max. And Kimmy says, well, she's at the mall right now buying him sweatpants. And apparently she's also questioning every parenting choice she's ever made. Ooh. Hey, quite a turnout. Where's Max? He's right there. Oh, booyah! <laughs> Max, he's wearing cargo shorts. I've never seen his knees before. <laughs> he told DJ this morning he dropped a bait to take wood shop. And then he told me a fart joke. <laughs> <laughs> Which one? 
I mean, how's DJ? <laughs> she's at the mall right now buying him sweatpants and questioning every parenting choice she's ever made. Stephanie is the one officiating this Uncle Monty sandwich eat-off. And everyone's just so excited. And of course, the returning champion in this corner, Berkowitz. Apparently, this guy gets up and he starts going, Berk, 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 and no one's joining in. And of course, the challenger, she's talented, sweet, and loves to eat. Ramona Gibbler. And Ramona comes in, she's wearing this robe, this like pink satinish with a white trim around the edge of the hood you know boxing I don't know what the official term is it a boxing robe or is there another word for it but and she's coming in doing a little fist jab <clears throat> crowd goes wild cheers yes Ramona woo I love she goes right up to Berkowitz like she's sizing him up even though he's much taller and bigger than she is she she gets right in his face we finally meet Berkowitz. Oh, dude, you did not go there. He's like, what's up, fun size? As in, like, a little fun size snicker. <laughs> Shouldn't you be eating your Lunchables? Oh, dude, you're going to go down. Ramona Gibbler's going to take you down. <laughs> Everyone's like, ooh. And Ramona, like, like, <laughs> he believe us. Do <laughs> do you think you've got what it takes? And Berkowitz is like, what is, like, do I look like I know? Like I don't. I love that boxing robe thing she's wearing. It's got silver glitter. Like Gibbler is spelt out on the back, and silver gib uh glitter. It's really cool. And Ramona says, you're right, yeah, I'm going to rescind that question, but keep the attitude. He doing the little fingers like, I see you. I see you. You think I don't see you, but I see you. Oh, and Ramona's going to get cold feet, because here comes Ethan, and the last thing she wants is for him to, yeah, she's nervous now. You know, they're dating, and she thinks, like, he's going to think she's disgusting for eating a bunch of sandwiches, and... She just doesn't want to embarrass herself. Aww, Tommy's sitting on Matt's lap. That's adorable. And he's wearing a little Uncle Monty's Sandwich Emporium shirt. Yeah, she wasn't expecting him. Like, oh, hi, you're here. Oh, boy. And she asks, like, oh, why are you here? And he says, to cheer on my amazing girlfriend. I want to support you. And, of course, yeah, she is getting nervous. Like, oh, you, you really didn't have to do that. Like, really, really, really didn't have to do that. He's, he puts a hand on her shoulder and says, I wouldn't have missed this for anything. Oh, my heart. And now she is very, very nervous. As Stephanie comes over, like, all right, eaters, the sandwiches are ready. And Ramona's like, great, uh, just excuse me one second. And she, of course, goes to the bathroom. And of course, Ethan's like, Ramona. And of course, Brooke was like, she's forfeiting. I knew it. It's like, sit down, sir. She's not forfeiting. Give her a minute. He's got a shirt that says Berkowitz wins on the front of it. It's like, dude, sit down, calm yourself, relax. Food ain't going nowhere. And, of course, Stephanie's like, okay, okay, not so fast, all right? Just 
let me see what's going on. Uh, yeah, so anyway, I'm gonna go see how she is. And of course, Brooke was like, chop, chop, girlfriend, I don't want to be late for my spin class. That's because he wants to burn off these sandwiches after he's eaten them. Now, spin class, that's where you get on that bike and you're just, you know, biking really, really fast, right? Welcome, everyone, to the annual Uncle Monty's Sandwich Eat-Off. <laughs> In this corner, our returning champion, Berkowitz. Shush, sir, sit your butt down. now, our challenger, she's talented, sweet, and loves to eat, Ramona, get <laughs> 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 We finally meet Berkowitz. <laughs> What's up, fun size? Shouldn't you be eating your Lunchables? <laughs> what, you think you got what it takes? <laughs> Do I look like I don't? <laughs> <laughs> heart-to-hearts have been 
have happened between Full House and Fuller House in a <laughs> storage lock-in, a storage room or a back room of a store. You know, when Jesse got, and Kimmy got locked in, um, and that episode of Fuller, or episode of Full House, when Jesse is opening the Smash Club, I think it's like another night, another show, or no show or something. I haven't covered it for the podcast yet. And then also, there was a Fuller House, uh, the Thanksgiving episode, when... Danny, Jesse, and Joey got locked into that freezer, and they were, you know, talking about things they probably normally wouldn't say otherwise if they weren't locked in a freezer. Like, confession time, basically. I thought there was also one... Yes! With, um... Joey and Kimmy when, you know, the engagement party and her dad was going to show up and he didn't and she just felt so horrible because, you know, he was going to walk her down the aisle and Joey offers to walk Kimmy down the aisle for her wedding and everything like that. So it's just, and this one is no different, really. Ramona is just nervous and it turns out she's not so, it's not performance anxiety It's how she feels about the idea of her boyfriend, Ethan, seeing her shoving food in her face. And she hates the fact that she cares, you know, that she's even worried worried about that. And I like that it's a empowering, you know, women moment as Stephanie explains to her about, you know, how they say... We're supposed to be one of the guys, but then when you do that, you you know, guys get intimidated. And also the fact that, you know, after a while, just I stopped caring what other people think. And Ramona says, even DJ. And Stephanie's like, let's not get too crazy. So it's like, yeah, you just, yeah, I I thought that was honestly a good moment, and I know that I'm just kind of breezing over it a little bit, but it's like, all right, let's get, I want to get to the, yeah, and she even, Stephanie even says, if he thinks that way about you, like, because you're shoving food in your face, if he can't see past to the real you, then he's not worth it, he's not the guy for you, but we will learn, no, Ethan is the guy for her, because he doesn't care that he just cares about Ramona and being there to support her but looks like they are tied 12 to 12 Berkowitz and Ramona and Kimmy says go Ramona you're a gibbler with a gift of gobble (laughs) that almost sounds like that could be a tongue twister don't keep gobbling gibbler oh Max is like you got him on the ropes now finish him Roro oh Max (laughs) Steve says Roro now he's using unclever nicknames Talking about Max. <laughs> Kimmy just like puts her hands like, what? Well, I don't know why, what to even say to that. And Berkowitz knows that Ramona is starting to slow down. He, he says, hey, what are you tapping out there, Little Debbie? <laughs> All these little snack food names. Oh, go home and eat your Lunchables. <laughs> Fun size. Oh, I like when she comes back with you. You wish, Jerkowitz. I love how Ethan is like, you can do it, Ramona, and he gives her the thumbs up, and it's like, that's the initiative that she she needs. That's what gets her, like, keep going and keep eating. All right, three, two, one. Who's the winner? So, of course, 
Berkowitz has 12 sandwiches. He's like, yes, personal best. Berkowitz wins, baby. Yeah. It's like, hold your roll there, buddy boy. Ramona Gibbler ate 13 sandwiches. Ah! And Ramona says, yes, Gibbler wins, baby. And she unzips her her jacket. Pink shirt that says, Gibbler wins. Berkowitz just jaw dropped on the floor. I can't believe it. Ramona Gibbler reclaims a golden sub for Uncle Monty. <laughs> that like whips up Tommy, who's like five at this time. Like, she did it. <laughs> and Ramona takes the trophy and says, you're pretty tough. And Berkwood says, thanks, kid. So is that turkey. He says, I'm going to be yelping about that, as in that Yelp app food. Like, it's a review thing where you leave reviews. Like, you've heard of, like, bad Yelp reviews and stuff like that. He, he says that turkey's tough, yet he takes one for the road. And Berkowitz leaves, and Ethan comes over and says, that was the most amazing thing I've ever seen. And Ramona's surprised. She's like, really? It didn't gross you out even a little bit? And he says, nothing you could do. Nothing you could, nothing you do could ever gross me out. Aww. Kisses her on the cheek. Aww. Oh my gosh, Fernando, do you got a possum in your jacket? He comes out and he's like, <sighs> attention everyone, there's not a possum in the kitchen. Yeah, that's going to clear out the uh, the store. But please, exit immediately before you get bitten. By not a possum. shopping for sweatpants for Max and she because Kimmy's at the table and DJ's pulling out of the shopping bag what she bought she's look at this Kimmy Max had me buy him pants with an elastic waistband and Kimmy says I didn't want to tell you but earlier I heard him burp the entire alphabet and DJ looks at Kimmy like she just can't believe it and Kimmy says P through Z was a, was a struggle, but he muscled through it. 
No, TJ's blaming herself. Like, what did I do? As she sits down on the chair and says, well, I, I pushed him too hard. Now she's saying how, you know, I had such high expectations for Max. Well, it's real because, you know, from a very young age, Max just represented someone who was a go-getter. And whereas Jackson, on the other hand, just kind of goes with the flow. He's kind of like a go-with-the-flow kind of guy. And, you know, DJ says, you know, and I thought if anyone could handle this jump, you know, from elementary school to junior high, it would be him. And, and DJ keeps saying, you know, I'm a terrible mother. It's like, you're not. This would be a big adjustment for anyone going from kids you've probably known majority of your life to going to a new, you know, age group of kids that, and they're going to look at you differently. They always say that middle school is where a lot of stuff changes, where what you were into or or how you were in elementary school it's like it, it seems like more you're gonna get judged on that by your peers more in junior highs where junior high is where you're trying to figure out who you are in a way and you know you're worried about how people see you you could be just like max and still it's like you're going into this new environment with kids you don't even know and what worked in elementary school most likely isn't going to work in junior high. Kids are going to look at you differently. And it's nothing that DJ did or didn't do. I love Kimmy being such a supportive friend to DJ. She puts her hand on DJ's hand and says, no, you're not. She says, you did what you thought was best. And you thought wrong. <laughs> and DJ pulls her hand out of Kimmy's and says, thanks a lot, Kimmy. And Kimmy says, you know, nobody would, could have predicted that he would go in this direction. And Kimmy says, well, actually, maybe I could have predicted it. And DJ looks at Kimmy and says, you? And Kimmy stands up and says, I think I know what this is about. Kimmy says, this is field trip to Fisherman's Wharf all over again. So this is going to bring up a part of DJ and Kimmy's friendship and how that friendship formed that we were never privy to in Full House. They didn't just become friends because they live right next door to each other. DJ agrees, like, of course, definitely field trip to Fisherman's Wharf. And Max is outside. I'm not sure what he's doing. He's still wearing the same outfit that he wore when he came down from school, uh, to go to school. Look at this. Max had me buy him pants with an elastic waistband. <laughs> I didn't want to tell you, but earlier... I heard him burp the entire alphabet. <laughs> P through Z was a struggle, but he muscled through it. <laughs> what did I do? Well, I pushed him too hard. <laughs> well, I had such high expectations for Max, and I thought if anyone could handle this jump, it would be him. <sighs> Dear little mother. not you did what you thought was best and you thought wrong <laughs> thanks a lot Kimmy nobody could have predicted that he would go in this direction actually maybe I could have predicted it <laughs> you I think I know what this is about 
This is field trip to Fisherman's Wharf all over again. <laughs> of course, definitely field trip to Fisherman's Wharf. Come on. <laughs> All right, so we go to the backyard, and Max looks like he is throwing his khakis and sweater vests away as he says, you've led me astray long enough, Kelvin Klein. So he's getting ready to throw his old image of who he was into the trash. I almost for a second thought that was a burn barrel, because growing up, you know, we threw our, you know, lived in the country, threw our trash in a burn barrel, and then we burned our trash. That's just what we did. As DJ and Kimmy come out. So Max throws his clothes into, it's like he's throwing a part of himself into the trash with it, saying, it's over. You've let me astray long enough, Kelvin Klein. The audience just says, aww. As he puts the lid on the trash can. And DJ comes over with the shopping bag and says, Hey Max, I got you little sweatpants and a shirt with a sports logo. Golden Gate Warriors. And it has a picture. It's blue. And then it's got a yellow circle. And it's got like the, the Golden Gate Bridge. And then it says 30 in the circle. And then on the top it says, above the circle it says Golden Gate. And then underneath the circle it says Warriors. Which is funny, a funny callback to just how many times have we heard about the Golden, is it Golden Gate War, Golden Gate Warriors, not Golden State Warriors, right? And Max will be awesome. I was just getting rid of some of my, you know, baby clothes, you know, to make room for my new clothes. Max takes the bag and goes ready to go back inside and DJ puts a hand on his shoulder and is like, hey, you know, kind of drawing him back over to the two chairs that are there. He's like, hey, buddy, did I ever tell you about the field trip Kimmy and I took to Fisherman's Wharf? DJ says, we were in the third grade and Kimmy was sitting on the bus alone wearing her classic bacon and egg scarf. No, what? No, no, no. I don't, I don't like the idea, like, that they're trying to throw that Kimmy has been like this since before we knew her in season one. And it just... She hasn't been. It just seems what we saw. I mean, season one, Kimmy. Or even season, a little of season two, Kimmy. It's like Kimmy didn't start dressing, you know, if you want to even refer to it as outlandish and, you know, crazy goofy and what we know of Kimmy throughout the series. I'd say until what, at least season three? It seems like they started having that character go off in that direction. I mean, it just seemed like in season, you know, one and even two a little, but it just seemed more like Kimmy was into shopping and Kimmy was, it's almost like they were trying to figure out her character and what direction they wanted the character to go in. So I, I'm not buying the whole she was wearing her classic bacon and egg scarf. I think that is something that Kimmy, that's like adult Kimmy next level fashion of what we know of her of, of Fuller House, whereas seasons three through eight is when we got Kimmy really with the neon colors and this and that and everything, and then it just got even more kookier and goofy in season, I'd say five through eight. 
Because I'm thinking of uh, birthday blues with that like bluish, greenish, neon, cheetah, leopard print with the blue or green faux fur lining. That, and then also what she wore, the cheetah print for um, Steve's, you know, senior prom and everything when she went with Gorilla Bernstein and all that. And then, you know, all these kooky, just neon, lots of neon, bright, bright color clothes. If you think about it in terms of Kimmy and fashion, we have seasons two through, I'm going to say two through four. Or no, two through three. And then four through eight, I know I keep changing, but four through eight of Full House is where Kimmy is just, it's like her fashion sense is slowly emerging and evolving to what we'll know. And then Fuller House is Kimmy, I'm going to say Kimmy 3.0, where we get adult Kimmy cool fashion of what an adult would be into. But you can't sit there and say that Kimmy's been doing the fashion thing since before we even knew her, since before Full House started. And Kimmy says, that's why I was alone. All the kids always made fun of it. Kimmy says, nobody wanted to sit with me because they thought I was weird. But then somebody did sit next to me. Do you know who that was? And Matt says, let me guess, my mom. Kimmy asks, how did you know? Well, yeah, figure the stories about how you two came together as friends. I love how Matt is just straight to the point with Kimmy. We're having a heart-to-heart -heart talk, and if this wasn't a, if it wasn't my mom, this would be kind of pointless. <laughs> he, he is very truthful and just completely straight to the point honest. And DJ says, that bacon and egg scarf was the reason I knew I had to be friends with Kimmy. And DJ says, I mean, someone who wore that had to be fun and exciting. And Kimmy says, I'm a very dynamic individual, Max. Oh, Kim, you're not wrong there, Pumpkin. You are not wrong there about that. You are very, a very dynamic individual. And DJ goes on as she says, I loved how unique Kimmy was. And this is important, as DJ says, and if she changed herself to fit in, I, ne I would have never noticed her. I thought that the teacher had had... DJ sit with Kimmy on the school bus like hey can you sit with this girl she looks like she's kind of alone can you kind of be your friend I didn't know that DJ took it upon herself to sit you know and hang out with Kimmy of her own accord and Max of course he says well I don't have a DJ <laughs> and Max says at lunch I heard the kids say that I looked like an extra from young Sheldon says, an extra, not even the lead. Max says, I ate lunch alone while these kids laughed at me and I could hear them the whole time. I feel sorry. I do. I do feel sorry for him. And I just kind of wonder, do we get to hear how it played out when he went the following day dressed like the rest of the kids? Did they let him into their group? They're like, hey, cool. You're one of us. Or did they like, oh, you're such a poser because you're dressing just like us. Or you're trying too hard or something to that. And DJ says, oh, Max, I'm so sorry. I mean, and I, you do feel bad for him in a way because, you know, he's just, he's trying to find out where he belongs. She goes over and gives him a, it's like she gives him a side hug. 
And Max understands, like, I know I've always been a little different from the other kids, but I've never cared before. And Max says, but I guess middle school is just different. And Max says, I I just thought it'd be safer to blend in. That way they'd leave me alone. Oh, that is just so sad that he felt like that was the only way that they would stop picking on him as if he blended in to just be like everyone else. <clears throat> he gave up his own individuality to blend in for fear of ridicule and to be safe. DJ, yes, Mama Bear is coming out as she puts her hands on Max's, not even on his shoulders, more on, like, just below his shoulders. She says, I want the names of those kids and their phone numbers. Good luck, Deej. Good luck getting them. <laughs> you really think they're going to offer that to him? Yeah, right. Because I'm going to tear them. Like, okay, Deej, Mama Bear, calm yourself. It's okay. He handled it. He handled it the best way that he felt that he could. Kimmy jumps like, okay, DJ. <laughs> Kimmy uses my same word. He's like, fall back, Mama Bear. Even Max is a little like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> Mom, you're scaring me. Stop. Oh, I, I just love it. It's like they're tag teaming in advice for Max. And Kimmy sits down with Max and says, you know, I know that. She says, I know it seems like blending in is better right now. Trust me, Max. Kids like us were meant to stand out. I like how she puts a hand on his knee and he looks at her and really takes to heart what she says. She says life might be more compli complicated and it may take a little longer to find our place in the world. But And she says, but once we do, it's filled with, filled with true support and love. Oh, Kimmy, my heart, my heart. Oh, I, lo I love the advice. That she is giving to him. <clears throat> you know, she's speaking to the inner me also, not just Max, and just all of us out there that have struggled growing up to find our place in the world and where we fit in. And just knowing that, you know, eventually you are going to find out where you fit in. There are going to be people out there like you going through the same thing. And you're going to realize that you're not really alone in that. And DJ, I love how she kneels down to Max's level. Because, you know, he's sitting on the bench there. And she says, Max, you are so special and we love who you are. And she tells him, and you will find people at your school and in life who will appreciate the authentic Max. Kimmy says, just like your mom found me. Max says, really? Max says, oh, what a relief. He pulls out his sweater vest and his khakis. And he just hugs the sweater vest with his chest. He says, oh, I'm sorry, Calvin Klein. I will never abandon you again. And DJ's like, oh, my boy is back! <laughs> You've led me astray long enough, Calvin Klein. It's over. <laughs> of those sweatpants and a shirt with a sports logo. Awesome. I was just getting rid of some of my baby clothes to make room for them. Uh, hey, buddy, did I ever tell you about the field trip Kimmy and I took to Fisherman's <laughs> Wharf? We were in the third grade, and Kimmy 
was sitting on the bus alone, wearing her classic bacon and egg scarf. <laughs> That's why I was alone. All the kids always made fun of it. Nobody wanted to sit with me because they thought I was weird. But then, somebody did sit next to me. Do you know who that was? Let me guess. My mom. How did you know? <laughs> We're having a heart-to-heart -heart talk, and if it wasn't my mom, this would be kind of pointless. <laughs> <laughs> well, that bacon and egg scarf was the reason I knew I had to be friends with Kimmy. I mean, someone who wore that had to be fun and exciting. I'm a very dynamic individual, Max. <laughs> I loved how unique Kimmy was. And if she changed herself to fit in, I would have never noticed her. Well, I don't have a DJ. At lunch, I heard the kids are dressed like this say that I look like an extra from young Sheldon. <laughs> an extra. Not even the lead. <coughs> I ate lunch alone. All these kids laughed at me. And I could hear them the whole time. Oh, Max, I'm so sorry. I know I've always been a little different than the other kids. But I've never cared before. But I guess middle school is just different. So I thought it would be safer just to blend in. That way they'd leave me alone. That's so sad. I want the names of those kids and their phone numbers because I am... Okay, Deej. Mama Bear, back off. <laughs> Fall back, Mama Bear. Look. I know it seems like blending in is better right now. Trust me, Max. Kids like us were meant to stand out. Life might be more complicated, and it may take a little longer to find our place in this world. But once we do, it's filled with true support and love. Max, you are so special, and we love who you are. And you will find people at your school and in life who will appreciate the authentic Max, just like your mom found me. Really? I promise. Oh, what a relief. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Calvin Klein. I will never abandon you again. The boy is back. So, yeah, it seems like sometimes at the end of the episode, the girls sit around with glasses of wine at the kitchen table and just revel in the fact that they're able to get through another day of co-parenting and giving great advice and helping the kids out. Whereas <laughs> Kimmy says, all right, Mama Bear, you need this. And of course, DJ says, well, you know, Stephanie, you helped Ramona and, you know, Kimmy and I helped Max get through their, you know, his situation with middle school. Oh yeah. Oh, well, DJ says, you know, Kimmy, you helped me and Max get through our situation. And Stephanie says, yeah, we are pretty great to us. And Kimmy says, and to our children. And Kimmy says, may we nurture their talents, whatever they may be. And DJ says, and may they dress however they like and be whoever they are. And of course, Stephanie's talking about baby Danielle. And she says, may they poop once a day and sleep through the night. <laughs> 
and baby Danielle's crying <laughs> right after they all, you know, clink their wine glasses. And he says, ah, so much for that. She heads downstairs. <laughs> Stephanie comes upstairs because DJ is holding up that wine glass. Like, here you go, Steph. <laughs> Steph goes, thank you. And she heads downstairs. There you go, Mama. You've earned this. We all did. You got Ramona through her issue and... You got Max and me through ours. Yeah, we are pretty great to us and to our children. May we nurture their talents, whatever they may be. And may they dress however they like and be whoever they are. Yeah, and may they poop once a day and sleep through the night. Cheers. Oh, so much for that. Yep. <laughs> all right so that was the episode i hope you all enjoyed it i loved covering this episode as i've said i've only seen the episodes of fuller house like once so it's fun to go back and revisit the episodes so best outfit how do i want to do this i think i'm gonna still stick with jackson with best outfit of the episode with his, I don't know whether it was cerulean blue zip-up hoodie and then the, um, the cerulean blue t-shirt. Looks very, very soft and comfortable. And I love, like, the retro orange-ish, reddish, gold, you know, design on there. It was really, really cool. Um, let's see. Second runner-up, I think I want to give it to... Max's bro gear, I guess if you want to call it that, or basic attire. <laughs> uh, and then third burner up, which I rarely give. I want to give it to Kimmy's fried egg beret. I thought that was really cool. As far as worst outfit of the episode, um, you know, I'm going to give it to Berkowitz's t-shirt. Like, <laughs> ugh, no thank you. Tanner teachable moment for the episode. I'm just going to say in for for Max and everything like that, like change is difficult. It is hard to try to stay true to yourself and your own individuality and not wanting to conform to what everyone else is doing. But honestly, stay true to yourself, be honest with yourself. Don't try to assimilate to what everyone else is doing and who everyone else is because it's safer to blend in than to stand out. Just because you're robbing yourself and others of getting to know the real you and, you know, you being able to revel in being you and who you are and what makes you unique. And as far as, you know, Ramona with the you I get it her wanting to be able to to do this and not feel embarrassed that her boyfriend's gonna think less of her because she's in a sandwich eating contest it's like and even Stephanie said well the, if that's the case and he's you know that kind of shallow guy then he's not the guy for you when in turn Ethan has got to be one of the most supportive teenage boyfriends I have ever seen on a television show other than you know Steve on Full House with DJ and stuff like that so yeah. So, as I said at the beginning of the hour, <laughs> I mean, the beginning of the hour, the beginning of the episode, 
for November, I'm going to kick off the double, the babysitting double feature, which is going to feature in November. It's going to be our very first night, season one, episode two, aired September 25th, 1987. Jesse takes a rap for DJ and Stephanie after they take advantage of him and stay up too late. Michelle gets her very first tooth. And then in December, I will be covering season three, episode... As I scroll, uh, 14 Misadventures in Babysitting, aired January 12th, 1990. In this episode, while holding a poker game at the house, Jesse calls Becky and tells her, tells in parentheses, her what she is going to do in a very bossy tone. Also, DJ wants to babysit to earn money for her own phone line, but her babysitting adventure is a little harder than she ever expected. So yes, I will be covering that episode in December. If there's time, I will be covering for Marla Sokoloff, who played Gia. Her birth I'm going to be covering, Is It True About Stephanie? That is where we see Gia start a rumor about Stephanie and the new guy, Jamie. And then in turn, spoiler alert, at the end, Stephanie and Gia make up. They become friends. So if you would like to have input on the podcast as far as you want to tell me your favorite characters of either Full House or Fuller House, Best Worst Storylines, you can send an email to omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com. Or even if you have ideas that have been brewing about if there had been a season six of Fuller House or there had been a season nine of Full House. Like, how would you see Michelle as a teenager? Well, I mean, we never even got to see Danny teaching Stephanie how to drive, which if we'd gotten a season nine or ten of Full House, we would have seen that. I just would have been so interested to see, or even Nikki and Alex, just seeing them, you know, getting older and stuff like that, and how their personalities eventually would develop, because let me just say, there's a very poor representation of two characters that we just, they made such a big deal of these twins being born and, you know, Becky and Jesse's parents and then just the way that they just kind of cast them off as just like, oh, they're surfer bum college dropouts that are running a fish taco truck. Like, they're, like, it just seems like a smack to the face. As far as the Nikki and Alex Katsopoulos characters go. So, yeah. Also, I hope you all have a safe and happy Halloween if you do celebrate it. I will see you in November with the first of the babysitting double feature, our very first night. I'll be doing that in probably mid-November. And then, of course, December will be misadventures and babysitting. I hope you all have a wonderful weekend and I again want to wish Elias Harger who plays Max Fuller on Fuller House a very happy birthday and any of you that have celebrated a birthday this October happy birthday to you all. My grandma who sadly passed away towards the end of September actually did have a birthday yesterday she would have been 93 so and of course actually Elias Harder shares a birthday with my dad's girlfriend Pam 
So happy birthday to Pam as well. Also, if you guys get a sec and you want to support the show, go to Apple Podcasts or iTunes and leave a review. All five-star reviews help the podcast get noticed by other Full House and Fuller House fans like yourselves. Have a great weekend and continue to be safe. Bye-bye, everyone.